0: Hey, everyone, Dave Hagan here. Success is a matter of inches, and I'll tell you why today on the Financial Wellness Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan.
0: Hey, thanks, Nick, and welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast. This is Dave Hagan. I'm sitting here in beautiful downtown Van Nuys, and we've got some interesting things to talk about here today. Is success a matter of inches. Some would say yes, some would say no, but I say yes. Check this out. I remember a playoff baseball game a bunch of years ago where the batter hit a slow line drive down the first baseline. Now, if the first baseman picked up the ball and stepped on the first base bag, the game would be over and his team would have won the playoff series. Instead, the first baseman lifted up his glove Just a few inches, and the ball went right between his legs. This allowed the other team to score, and they ended up winning the series. The difference between winning and losing on this particular day was only a matter of inches. I also remember a number of years ago when the San Francisco 49ers were involved in a playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. Joe Montana threw a pass towards the end of the end zone for the winning touchdown. The receiver jumped high up into the air and caught the ball just inches over the outstretched hands of the defender. As a result, they won the game, and to football fans, they call this the catch. Success was only a matter of a few inches that day. Now, this game also signaled the beginning of a very dominant period for the 49ers, I'm sure a lot of you remember, and a period of a little bit of decline for my team, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, in everyday life, success can be a matter of a few inches. How many times have you just avoided a major car accident by only a few inches? I don't know. I certainly have. If I had been just a little bit slower or a few inches closer to the other car, a catastrophic accident would have resulted. Success that day was only a matter of a few inches. Now, I think the same is true in our, in our business lives. Sometimes the difference between getting the deal or getting the contract or not is just a matter of a few inches or a few comments or a few concepts. Let's face it, you know, in a competitive situation, a lot of times you're going to find two or three really competitive proposals. And the difference between getting the nod or not is can be a few inches another example from sports I'm really kind of on a sports jag today Uh, Pat Riley the former coach of the Los Angeles Lakers and then on to the Miami Heat understood this concept he wasn't really a, a trained coach he was a player that was kind of reached the end of his career and one day he gets a call just to come in and and coach the Lakers a little bit and it turned out to be he was quite a motivator and quite a quite a coach And one year after he won the NBA championship with the Lakers, he needed some way to to motivate his team for a repeat performance. Remember, he had guaranteed a repeat. And he looked at the team's statistics for the season and went back and increased each statistic only 1%, only 1% with each statistic, rebounds, rebounds. Shooting percentage, etc. The cumulative effect of this 1% increase in each statistic created an amazing team on paper. In fact, it created a monster team on paper. So he then went back to each individual player and challenged them to increase their statistics by only 1% in the upcoming year. He told them that he would guarantee a repeat championship if they would only get 1% better. Success was a matter of just inches. Now, obviously, this is a very motivating thing for players to think about, and as Laker fans know, uh, this resulted in their first back-to-back championship. Now, taking this into our, our personal lives, our personal business lives, success can be a matter of inches. What can you do to make the next brief little period of time a little bit better? Perhaps only 1% better. What can you do in the next 30 days to make your finances just 1% better? Sometimes it even doesn't require so much as a a 1% change. Sometimes it's just a slight change of focus. Sometimes it's just a little bit more mindfulness or pursuing a very deliberate objective. In the next week, take some time to think about what you could do just as a matter of a couple of inches, just as a matter of a couple of percentage points. What are some of the things that you can do to increase your chances of success in your financial life if you just plan for a couple of inches or just a couple of percentage points? Big change may not be necessary. Sometimes it's only a percentage point or a couple of inches at a time. This is Dave Hagan, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast.
1: You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. As an additional bonus, each month, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails.
0: All right, I got a couple of interesting uh, emails here. Uh, The first one is to Dave, Brian, and Nick. Uh, Susan says, I noticed that you did 50 shows in your first season. Congratulations and keep it up. Well, Susan, thanks for even noticing. Uh, For those of you that are looking at the uh, numbering on the shows, we're now in our second season. We'll do a second season of about 50 shows. But thank you for noticing, and we will try and keep it up. Uh, Another email from Steve. It says, Dave, I want to retire when I turn 50. What are your thoughts? Well, Steve, um, my first thought is me too, uh, except for I'm not 50 anymore. Um, but good for you if that's one of your goals, if that's one of the things that you want to do. Um, my second thought is, okay, what are you going to do? Uh, what's your idea of retirement and, uh, what are you going to do with that? You know, it used to be that being retired meant that uh, you were uh, kind of uh, f- physically worn out or used up and, uh, they were going to give you social security or they were going to give you you know, a pension and you would kind of sit around and putter around the backyard and, and, uh, you know, eat dinner at five o'clock and, and, uh, you know, sleep 10 hours a night that used to be retirement, but 50 now is nothing. 50 is young. 50 is the new 40. 50 is the new, 30 even um the advances that they made in science and physical conditioning and nutrition it's it's pretty phenomenal so there's a lot of things you can still do when you're 50 in fact you can do almost anything uh you know maybe maybe not slam dunk a basketball or or run a six minute mile although there's still people that are 50 that are running six minute miles but uh there's still a lot of things that you can do. In fact, you can do almost everything. So, what do you what are you going to do with that? Are you going to sit around all day, or is there something you want to pursue? Some people retire well. They're very comfortable just getting up in the morning and kind of just bopping through the day. Some people it drives them absolutely crazy. So, um, Steve, I think you need to think about what you, you know, what you want to do. Maybe you want to pick up another career. Maybe a career that. Uh, you know, doesn't need to be quite as successful. If you're retiring at 50, it means you've done pretty well. But uh, maybe you want to pick up and do something that doesn't pay as well, but perhaps has more meaning. Maybe you want to, uh, you know, um, um, counsel, um, you know, kids or kids that are having difficult times or people that are just coming through uh, divorce or recovering from, you know, different kinds of dependencies or compulsive behaviors. Maybe you just want to, uh, you know, uh, work in a gas station. I mean, maybe you've always thought that that would be fun. And you don't need to do this full-time, but, but but part-time. But I think that if you're thinking about retiring, you need to think about or envision what you want really that retirement to look like. Um, now, I'm assuming if you're going to retire at 50, you've already got some idea in terms of how to finance that time. But putting the financial issues aside, what do you want to do? What do you want that that time, that post-50 time to look, at, look like? Maybe you want to teach, uh, I don't know, skiing or sailboating or um, paddleboard or something like that. Maybe, heck, maybe you just want to go to Club Med and be a, you know, a Club Med counselor and just have a good time and get uh, uh, people who work in offices sunburned for a week and then send them home. That, that might be kind of interesting too. I don't know. But I think that to retire is not the goal unless you really think through, what you want that to look like, what you want to do, uh, whether you want to be active or not, whether you want to, um, you know, give back, um, you know, so many things. I mean, you've got 30 years. I mean, at least 30 years. People going to live to, you know, 80, it seems to me. And in fact, um, I was reading a story recently that said that people uh, my age should anticipate living to almost 100 Um, I don't know what the quality of life would be like at 100, 100, but it's sure interesting to think about. So think about that a little bit, Steve, kind of sketch it out on a piece of paper and and, uh, envision what you think that might look like. But those are my thoughts on retiring at uh, age 50. Here's an email talking about uh, buying a house. It says, Dave, I want to buy a house. What are your thoughts on what to look for? Thanks, Margie. Hmm. Well, here's some thoughts, Margie. First of all, um, think about why do you want to buy a house? You know, it's not the panacea that it once was. Um, in the early eighties, when I was, uh, you know, consulting with people, I used to tell them, Hey, you know, you want to get into some real estate in California because no one's ever lost a dime on California real estate. And since that time, we've seen two huge pullbacks in California real estate in terms of value. So it, it's not what it used to be. Yeah. And, you know, in a, in a perfectly linear, straightforward model life, it makes sense to acquire a house that you want to live in forever and pay for it and not have to worry about rent and, and all those kinds of things. And that's a legitimate goal, but not, not people, people don't live straightforward progressive linear lives anymore. It may not be the thing that, that you want to do. So I think that the first thing you need to think about is, is, is why, you know, second thing is how long you're going to live there. If you're going to live in, in a particular area for a couple of years and you're going to get transferred by work, or you're going to want to go some live somewhere else, probably not cost effective to continually, you know, buy and sell real estate, and in a, a realtor, I'll take five or six percent of your appreciation. You're not, you're not going to get ahead. So, if you're going to live in a place seven or eight years or more, and you really like a neighborhood, maybe you're going to want to go out and get a house in a particular neighborhood. But that's something to think about. Look at the condition of the neighborhood as well. Is the neighborhood on the way up or the way down? Certainly, you don't want to buy. Um, some real estate or a house in a neighborhood that's kind of perceived as on the way down or not being as well taken care of or that people are moving away from or something like that. Um, another thing to think about is how much space do you need? Um, golly, I'd, I'd love to live in a five, six, seven, eight thousand 8,000 square foot house, but um, I have to continually pull myself back and realize that that's just a big house. You know, our, our kids are out and It's my wife and myself, and we don't need that big of a house. In fact, the house that we have now is probably more than sufficient. But um, how much space do you need? Now, if I was in a rock and roll band and wanted to have my buddies come over and keep the drum kit set up and, you know, the guitars on the little racks and the amps and stuff uh, around all the time, okay, well, so I need a bigger house. But you need to really think about how big of a house do you need, and then I think finally you need to look at the cost. You know, what, what is it, uh, it going to cost you? If you're going to have a mortgage, you should project out what a 15-year uh, mortgage payment would look like and make sure that you've got enough money coming not only from your income but maybe several months in reserve uh, to cover not only the, the mortgage but also the property taxes um, and also the utilities, you know, a, a big house is going to have big utilities, um, certainly something to think about. And while taxes still are somewhat deductible, I mean, the laws, tax laws have changed, but um, you need to look at what the the property taxes are going to be. You need to look at even the, the repair costs. An older house is going to have uh, more repair costs. So you need to look at the totality of what it'll cost and see whether it's really worth it for you to... Uh, you know, go through acquiring the house and making it yours and doing all the things that you want to do. I don't know. I think home ownership is changing a little bit in the United States and certainly in California. It's expensive. There have been some meltdowns um, and it's an expensive thing to do. So I think people are kind of reevaluating whether they want to make the, uh, you know, the, the ownership of a house, the, the do all end all be all, kind of a thing in terms of uh, where you want to live. So uh, think about that a little bit, Marjorie. Um, sounds kind of cool. Congratulations that you're at a spot in your financial path or your financial journey where you can really start to think about that, because that means that you've got some of the other things that uh, uh, that you need to do ahead of time already covered. You know, your cash flow, you don't have any debt, hopefully. Um, you know, you've got a, a um, an emergency fund put together and things like that. And if you've got those all covered, then the next step everyone looks at is a house. So it sounds like you're there and congratulations. I think that's really cool. But now make a thoughtful, uh, you know, well-reasoned decision on whether you really want to buy a house. Then just some things to think about. Thanks for writing in Margie. All right. I think that'll do it this week. I think we should wrap it up. That's uh, three emails, although one was just a little congratulatory note, Uh, but a couple of things to think about there. And then also the uh, success being a matter of inches or uh, percentages, or even a matter of degrees. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast.